0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15, and to also the main text will be in Joshua chapter 10. I'm probably not going to get to Ephesians today just because of uh, the limitation on time. So let's go first to Joshua chapter 10, and then we'll work our way uh, that direction and see what God will allow us the time to get to today. Continuing our series, Do It Again, uh, this year we are asking God to do some things for us again. Uh, I I know that many of you in, in this room, I've talked to you, I've had conversations with you... And you have been praying about things for years. You've asked God to do some things for you over and over again. And I believe that this is a great year for God to do some things for you again. And so I just encourage you to keep that mindset and to keep asking in that manner as we move forward this year. Our serious text is found in 2 Corinthians 1.10. And it says this, I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, and He did it, speaking of God. He rescued us from certain doom and He'll do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Over the last uh, two weeks, I've been asking you the question, what is it that you need God to do for you again? Ask yourself that question. God, what do you want to do for me again? The last two weeks, we looked at the story of Jericho, and we talked about, really, the process of victory. We talked about how we need to identify the problem that we want God to fix. We need to let God give us a strategy to fix that problem. Then we need to execute the plan. As we're executing that plan, we've got to guard the process. And then there comes a point for all of us that we have to just step into victory. We have to step over the rubble of life. We have to step over rubble. When I say rubble, I'm really talking about excuses. We step over excuses into the promise that God has for us, the plan that God has for us. God will do the miraculous, but at the end of the day, it requires us stepping into it to receive it. And uh, that's what we've been kind of going through and talking about over the last couple of weeks. Today I want to preach to you from Joshua chapter 10. And I want to talk to you about the day the sun stood still over Gibeon. And I want to preach big win God. We need a big win. Amen? Well, He's a big win God, and He can do that for you today. I believe that there's someone in this room today that probably needs a big win. You need God to give you a big day in your life, a day like never before. And He's the God that can do just that. Joshua chapter 10, verse 1, it says this. It says, Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly, because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty." The first thing I want you to understand this morning is that the potential in you draws opposition, creates opposition against you. The potential that resides in you will create opposition against you. I think that it is a misconception and a common misconception amongst church folks that if we do what's right and we remain in God's will, that nothing bad is going to happen to me if I if I just do what's right if I just pray every day if I seek God every day and if I stay in the center of God's will then nothing's going to happen to me nothing bad's going to take place in my life but the fact of the matter is the truth of the matter is that sometimes because you are doing what's right and because you are in God's will and because you're pursuing a mandate from heaven and you're on a path and a journey toward God in the sometimes bad things happen to you enemy comes against you opposition attacks you because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing he targets you because of the potential that is in your life he sees the threat that you pose to his kingdom and plans and here's this in my notes so this is free this morning right here's what we do as christians We get this mindset that when we're in the midst of the battle that I can't do anything but deal with the battle. That, that when opposition comes against me and, and I'm trying to do what God wants me to do I'm, I'm walking in God's will I'm serving him every day I'm, I'm living for him I'm reading the Bible I, I don't understand why this stuff's taking place in my life and, and the enemy is bringing opposition to me because I'm doing everything right what the enemy tries to do in those situations is he neutralizes us he stops us from being effective and he stops us from advancing forward and what he does is because in our mindsets we often think that I've got to deal with this problem I've got to deal with this issue I got to deal with this opposition before I can do anything else so it shows up like this it shows up like well pastor I would help in the church but this is just not a good time for me You know, I I would be there, pastor, for prayer, and I would be there to seek God, but but man, you don't know what it's been like. The last several weeks, I just can't get any sleep at night. I I, I stay up all hours of the night. I'm having all of these problems going to sleep, and so it's hard for me. I need that extra 30 minutes to really be able to even come to church. Or it shows up in other ways where we are just making essentially uh, allowing the enemy to neutralize us because we're fighting a battle that he's bringing against us and we think we just got to stop and deal with the battle that's in front of us. Can I just tell you this morning that if that's all it takes to neutralize you and your life, get ready to fight a battle from today till the end of time. Because the enemy is going to constantly bring opposition if he knows that opposition is all it takes to get you to stop dead in your tracks and to keep you from moving forward. Now that was free. But it's the truth. And what I'm saying to you this morning, let me help you today. Let me help you this morning, okay? Here's what we have to do. is We've got to press into that stuff. When you start to feel opposition against you, that's not time to just stop and focus on the opposition. That is time to fight with one hand over here, but to keep moving forward. You remember when they were building the wall in uh, Jerusalem? Nehemiah was building the wall, and you hear the story that they fought with a sword in one hand, and they had a trowel in the other hand. And so all the time they were working, they were fighting the enemy off, and they had a lot of activity going on, but that's how they accomplished the end goal. And I'm telling you this morning that if it only takes opposition to get you to stop and not participate in God's advancing kingdom, because His kingdom is advancing. And let me me just drop this note on you this morning, that His kingdom is advancing with or without you. Now, Now God wants to advance His kingdom not only with you, but He wants to advance His kingdom in you. Okay, And so He wants you to be a part of the process. He's invited you. He died on the cross and rose again so that you would have an avenue by which to approach His kingdom and to be a part of His kingdom. He's done His part. But listen, His his kingdom is advancing whether I'm a part of it or not. Whether I choose to do my part or I choose not to do my part, God's still going to do what God does. So I might as well be involved, amen? I might as well jump in. With both feet, I might as well get connected to what God's trying to do through me in my life. But He targets you because of the potential that He sees in you. He sees the threat that you pose on His kingdom and on His plan. And when we look at our story, the people of Gibeon had really done nothing to engage the king of Jerusalem, Adonai Zedek. They're just doing their thing. They're just going through life. They're just minding their own business. They're just trying to live the most productive and fruitful lives that they can live. They're just doing their thing. But they draw the eye of the enemy. You know, actually, if you read it and you look at it, it says that they draw the eye of the enemy because of their alliance with Israel. So essentially, just because they're a part of the church, that was enough to get the enemy watching them. That was enough to get the enemy stirred up about them. It also says that their enemy feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city like one of the royal cities and because it was greater than Ai and all its men were mighty. It was the potential of the city of Gibeon that made them a target. Now let me draw a comparison between you and the city of Gibeon. Matthew 5.14 says this. It says you are the light of the world. You are a... Let's try it again. You are a city. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No matter what you do, if Christ is in you, you can hide all you want to. But you can't be hidden because He's inside of you. The enemy sees it. First Peter 2.9, another correlation. says you are a chosen generation, a royal generation priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His light. So you too are like a royal city that has been brought out of darkness and now shines like a light. And the potential that is in you is drawing the eye of the enemy. He sees you as a threat. And as a threat, He's going to do what He can to defeat you before you ever Get started. There's just too much potential there to leave you alone. There's just too much possibility residing in your life just to leave you alone. You didn't cause the attack. It wasn't a failure on your part. Sometimes you're under attack because you're doing what's right, not because you've done anything wrong. Here's why. Because the enemy is occupying territory that doesn't belong to him. He knows that when the time is right, God is going to move on you to move on him. And God is going to draw from that potential to eliminate him. And he knows his only chance is to try and take you out before you ever get started. The potential in you has him concerned and what he's going to do is try to destroy you before you have a chance to destroy him. Can I just tell you in this place today that you have some potential inside of you? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the individual. I'm talking to the every single person as an individual in this room. You have some potential inside of you. Somebody may have told you a long time ago that you weren't going to amount to anything, but that was a lie. Somebody may have told you a long time ago that you weren't going to be of any count, that you weren't going to impact anything, that you weren't going to make a difference, but i am come to tell you this morning, that's a lie. That's not what the Word says. That's not what God says. That's not what He believes about you. He sees potential inside of you. You have great Greatness in you. You have gifts in you. You have the kingdom of God in you. And what's inside of you poses a threat to the enemy. And just your potential is enough to cause them to attack. Whether that potential remains dormant or activated, it's still enough to draw a position. So you might as well use it. Whether it's that's dormant in your life or it's active in your life, it doesn't matter to him. If he sees a possibility of a threat, he's going to attack. So you might as well use what God's put inside of you. You might as well unlock that potential. You might as well uh, release those gifts on this world. You might as well let the greatness that's in you start to get out of you this morning. You've got potential. Verse 3 says, Therefore Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, Pyram, king of Jarmuth; Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debar, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me, that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered together and went up, they and all their armies, and camped before Gibeon and made war against it. The second thing I want you to know this morning is that the enemy never fights fair. He doesn't fight fair. He's not going to try to fight fair. He's not going to stand toe-to-toe with you. He's not going to go head-to-head with you. The first thing that Adonai Zedek does when he sees the potential of the people of Gibeon and Israel The first thing he does is go and get four other kings to join him in the fight. Now the odds are in his favor. It's five to one if Israel doesn't come to their rescue. But at Worst, it's five to two. And so the odds are in his favor. The enemy has no problem ganging up on you, hitting you from multiple sides, trying to surround you with problems. He never fights fair. And he's going to do what he can to get the odds in his favor. He will try to surround you. He will try to sneak up on you. He will try to gather a crowd to dismiss you. He's in it to win it. He'll attack you when you can't fight back. You notice how the enemy starts attacking us when we're young. He puts bullies in our lives to create self-doubt and minimize our self-worth. He introduces us at a young age to filth and sexuality so he can get a foothold in the mind. He attacks us through parents, through siblings, through others to create identity crises that we have to struggle with and deal with, wondering who we are. He's a coward and he never fights fair. When we get older, He breaks us down through finances and through health and through people we trust that, that betray us and through our spouses and, and even the church sometimes as ways that, that He begins to wear us down and, and get us and sneak up on us and attack us. Have you ever noticed this about life, that rarely, rarely you face one problem at a time? Anybody in the room that you've never had more than one problem hitting you at one time that it's just been one thing. I I think I could handle one problem a day. You know, I mean one thing at a time, if I could just get past that before I dealt with something else, I think I could probably handle that pretty well. But the enemy doesn't operate that way. Most of the time, when we have problems, we have multiple problems on multiple fronts. They're hitting us from all different angles. Why? Because he doesn't fight fair. He knows that if you stand face to face with him, you'll win every time. You've got big brother backing you up. You've got Jesus in your life. But he knows that if he can come at you from a lot of different angles he can get you distracted to the point that you lose sight of the one backing you up and he can wear you down the old saying when it rains it pours the enemy doesn't fight fair he's not just trying to stop you he's trying to destroy you he wants you gone he wants you done he wants you over with and you know what we do so many times we try to take Him on alone. We try to weather the attack. We try to fight the battle all by ourselves. And we end up fighting on multiple fronts until we are so weak and so worn out that we fall prey to Him. We keep the battle hidden because of the shame associated with mistakes and failures. We doubt that there is anyone who can know the truth and still look at us the same. We let pride talk us out of enlisting help. Well, I don't want anyone to know I'm struggling. I don't want anyone to know what I'm dealing with right now. I don't want anyone to know my finances are terrible. I don't want anyone to know my marriage is in trouble. I don't want anyone to know I've been diagnosed with a disease. I don't want anybody to know what I'm going through. I don't want anybody... I have an unspoken prayer request. Just put unspoken. God knows what it is. Get getting quiet in here now. Sometimes the biggest ally of the enemy is the enemy that resides in us. Sometimes the enemy's biggest ally, ally is the pride that exists in us. If Gibeon, remember, it was like a royal city. It had a lot to be prideful about. It had a lot to... Keep up. It had a lot to boast about. It had a reputation to maintain. The Bible says that all of its men were mighty men. And so everybody was somebody special in Gibeon. And if it had held on to pride, instead of asking for some help from Israel, from the church, it would have been destroyed in the process. Your victory is often tied to somebody else. Well, I don't like that. I understand. But I'm just telling you, you look at Scripture and you show me a place where someone's victory wasn't tied to someone else being a part of that that journey with them. And I'm telling you, you won't find very many places. Most people had somebody that was an encouragement to them, that was a strength to them, that was a partner with them, that was walking with them, journeying with them, praying with them, doing something with them. They weren't making it on their own. And every time someone got to a place where they thought they could make it on their own, it wasn't long before they had a failure. Your victory is often tied to someone else, whether you like it or not. Pride will stop you from reaching out. Pride will stop you from leaving your seat and seeking help in the altar. Pride will bury you. Pride puts blinders. On you to the truth. It makes the distance between the seat and the altar appear to be a lot further. It makes the assumed response of people to your flawed humanity seem more harsh and less understanding. It makes me cause, it causes me to think that any show of need is also a show of weakness. It distorts truth as long as it calls the shots. Truth, freedom, deliverance, help will evade me as long as I let pride make the decisions in my life. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The enemy is not fighting fair, so you better be willing to ask for some help along the way. Pastor, I am asking for help. I'm praying about it and asking God for help. You know, and that's fine and that's good. And that's the first place we ought to go to with every problem. I'm not minimizing that. But what I'm saying to you is that asking God for help doesn't necessarily deal with the enemy's ally of pride. If I keep everything to myself and I just let God work it out, am I dealing? No, a lot of times that's just an excuse to not have to tell someone my weakness, my flaw, my insecurity, my frailty. Well, are you with me still? Verse 6. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. The enemy is bringing everybody and everything he can against you. You better be willing to get some help. The next point is this, that only a fool fights alone. Only a fool fights alone. You know, I, even, I was thinking about this today, you know, a boxer. Well, yeah, there's only two guys in the ring, and they, and they seem to be fighting alone, but they're not fighting alone. They've had months and months of training. They've had a dietitian. They've had a a physical trainer. They've had a uh, manager. They've had a coach. They've had other people that are telling them what to do. They've had people researching out the the opponent. They've had all kinds of People involved in the process of getting them ready to fight. There may be a day when you have to stand toe to toe to the enemy, but it's not. But you'll be equipped if you've brought some people along with you in the journey, and they've equipped you to get there to that point where you can now deal with the battle that's in front of you. A fool fights by himself. God didn't create us to do life alone. He created us to live and thrive in community. And the battles we fight are meant to be fought with others alongside of us. They are not meant for us to fight them alone. Don't be foolish. Don't be prideful. God is your ally and God will fight for you. But guess what else? The church is also your ally and the church will also fight for you as well. Sometimes, sometimes God fights for you through the church. And it's through incorporating the church in the fight that the enemy's ally called pride is always dealt with. James 5.13, let me give you some proof this morning. Is anyone among you suffering? You get that phrase, among you. It would... It would. Uh, you know, encompass the idea that there is more than just me in the room there's, there's several of us together and so is there anyone among you suffering let him pray, is anyone cheerful let him sing psalms, is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up so it's the prayer of faith that brings that raises the sick, and the Lord heals them. And so we see here in verse 16, Confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so you see here that God works through people to accomplish the miraculous. You see here in our text that that Jesus works through the church to deliver His help to you in your life. Gibeon didn't just pray to God and ask God to stop the enemy. They also enlisted the help of Israel to fight alongside them. And it is that church that will bring the power of God to bear in the situation. Alone you are outnumbered. Alone you are outmatched. Alone you are sure to fail, but together anything is possible. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered by another, Two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. In the message it says it like this, but you yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. More's better. Here is your three-stranded rope for you in your life. It's you, it's God, it's the church. You bind those three things together and you become an unstoppable force Fulfilling and completing the mission of Christ in your life. A full fight alone. Don't let pride stop you from asking for some help. Verse 7 says, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal. They call for help. Gibeon calls for help. Joshua responds, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Here's the next point. Trust somebody. Trust somebody to come through for you. Don't fight alone, but you also got to trust somebody to come through for you. You know, it's one thing for me to to call upon the prayer chain to to pray for a need, but then not have any confidence that they'll actually do it, and not have any confidence that they'll come through for me. I need to trust somebody to actually come through for me. I'm talking about believing the best in people, not, not focusing on the worst. I'm talking about trusting somebody. I know that all of us in this room, we've been let down before. I know that you've trusted someone and they didn't come through for you. I know there was a time you needed help and you reached out and nobody came to your aid. But you can't live your life not trusting, not relying, not believing in people when God has created us to live in community and He has given part of Himself to you through the church. Remember, the church is His body. The hands, the feet, the heart of Jesus reside in the church. That's in the body. So you have to trust somebody to come through for you. The church is part of that three-stranded cord... Gibeon calls on Israel. It calls on the church. And look what happened in verse 7. So Joshua and Israel ascended from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. Gibeon calls on the church and the church ascends to meet the need. It rises to meet the need. It rose to the challenge. You give the church a chance... And I promise you, it will rise to the challenge in your life. Call the prayer chain. See if God won't work through it. Enlist a prayer partner. See if God won't do a work for you in your life. You get by with a little help from your friends this morning. Look what happens in verse 8. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them. For I have delivered them into your hand. not a man of them shall stand before you. Did you catch that? God speaks through Joshua to the people of Gibeon. God speaks through Joshua to the people of Gibeon. Now, their answer came through Israel, it came through the church. Your friends may have God's answer for your situation. The Lord said, through Joshua, it's going to be all right. Listen to this isolation leads to annihilation. Isolation leads to annihilation. You stay isolated long enough and the enemy will destroy your life. I promise you. It it may take some time. Well, I'm pretty strong, Pastor. I, I, I do this and I do that. Well, I get that. It may take some time. But I guarantee you, you stay in isolation long enough, the enemy will annihilate you. He will take you out. He will wear you down because he can fight you on so many fronts that there's no way that you can handle it all. You weren't made to handle it all. You were made to rely on each other. You were made to lean on each other. Isolation is another term for solitary confinement. And the key to your victory might well be tied to your relationships. Well, pastor, I don't really like people. I don't trust people. It's too peoply in here, you know. You know, I just, I've tried that. I've tried to trust people. One time I put a prayer request on the prayer chain and the next thing I know everybody in town's talking about it. I understand. I understand, but you're going to have to trust somebody. Is that stuff never going to happen again? No, it's probably going to happen at some point. There's just some people that can't keep their mouth shut about stuff they ought to keep their mouth shut we got to be wise about who we tell things to. I, I, I'm 100% on board with that. But you also have got to trust somebody other than yourself. And you got to lean on somebody other than yourself. Here's a word for somebody in this room today. I just feel it in my spirit. That you are failing and you are, you are dying because you will not lean and trust on somebody else. The weight of carrying the burden by yourself is crushing you. And all you need to do is reach out to somebody, trust somebody, let somebody else come alongside you. God will bring somebody alongside you that you can trust, that you can lean on, that you can rely on, that will not fail you, that will be there for you. Pastor, I don't like people. I don't trust people. Let me tell you, that's a hard issue. That's a heart issue. Because Jesus died for people. The church exists for the sake of people. And if you don't like people, then you're missing the heart of God. Now that may be rough and that may be strong language to you, but it's the truth. And I'm just telling you that you're going to have to trust somebody. Pastor, you know, I've just had people let me down too many many times. I, I can't go through that again. Yes, people are going to let you down from time to time. Anytime there's a relationship failure, you always have a part in that failure though. Let me just say that to you. Anytime there's a breakdown of relationship, it's never one person's fault. It's both parties. Every, both parties bear a part in the relationship failure at some degree. And so maybe instead of focusing on where they went wrong and where they let you down, spend some time focusing on maybe where you went wrong and where you let them down. And leave the rest of that to God to deal with. And what will happen is a little word called reconciliation. Because God will deal with your heart and He'll reposition you so that you see differently and you see clearer. And He'll do the same in that other person. And even if He doesn't do it in the other person's life, if they don't allow that to happen, you're still in a better place. And God will bring somebody else along to you that will have the same heart that you have and mend those two hearts together. God gave us all two great gifts for this earth. He gave us two great gifts. He gave Himself and He gave us people. (laughs) Those are the two great gifts that God has given us. And everything He does in your life is through one of those two avenues. But more times than not, I would say the biggest percentage of the time, His blessing flows through both avenues. Not only from Him, but from Him through people to you. He does it through people for you. In our story, God delivers Gibeon through Israel. He may just have your the answer you're looking for through the church and its people, And if you spend your life avoiding relationship, you may be spending your life avoiding the answer to the struggle that you're facing. Don't let pride cause you to avoid the miracle that you're looking for. Would you stand with me across this place today? I'm going to stop there. I'll pick it up next week. But I want to give us some time this morning. Would you come, Amber, and begin to play? The potential in you. Draws the eye of the enemy. He doesn't fight fair, so you don't fight alone. You've got to trust somebody to come through for you. Let God give you a big win in your life. And so, this morning, what miracle do you need God to do? What do you need God to do in your life? What are you asking God to do for you? Have the courage to step out lay down pride, and embrace God providing that miracle through His church. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays I'm at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, Please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burke, Texas. And as always, we encourage you oh, my to come experience myself. life with Let us Till I found myself face down on your shore, you say, "Come to the."